Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The Volume. It's Hoops Tonight presented by FanDuel. The NBA season is kicking into gear and there's no better place to get in on the action than with FanDuel. The app is safe and secure. Getting your money out is super easy. You can jump into the action at any time during the game with live betting. And I love building those same game parlays. And FanDuel is now live in Ohio. So use promo code JasonT and download the FanDuel app today to start making every moment more. 21 plus in select states, FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. Dial one 888 789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. Dial 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Dial 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. Dial 1-877-770-STOP in LA. Call 1-800-327-5050 or visit www.com M-A-H-E-L-P-L-I-N-E dot org slash problem gambling. Visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Dial 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. Dial 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. All right, welcome to Hoops Tonight, presented by FanDuel here at The Volume. Happy Monday, everybody. I hope all of you guys had an outstanding weekend. We are live on AMP. Don't forget, if you're watching on YouTube or listening on the podcast feed, that AMP is the very first place that you guys can get these shows. Really quick show today. We're just going to be hitting that crazy game between the Warriors and Minnesota Timberwolves last night. I want to spend a good amount of time talking about the Minnesota Timberwolves because they are 
red hot right now. And they have a really, really interesting defensive combination that I think spells danger for the rest of the league if they can add some pieces this offseason. And I want to talk a little bit about how that fits into this particular postseason run. And then last but not least, we have the uh, the news this morning. We were supposed to go later tonight. But Joel Embiid, despite playing in a back-to-back this weekend, is going to skip the MVP showdown with Nikola Jokic tonight, which I think is really bizarre and I have some thoughts about. And honestly, I'm a little bit disappointed in Joel Embiid uh, uh, for skipping that game. You guys know the drill before we get started. Subscribe to the Volumes YouTube channel so you don't miss any more of our videos. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JasonLT so you guys don't miss any show announcements. And if for whatever reason you guys miss one of these shows uh, and you can't get back over to YouTube to finish, don't forget you can find them wherever you get your podcasts under hoops tonight. Lastly, before we get started, you guys have heard me talk about Game Time, the fastest growing ticketing app in the United States. If you're trying to get out to one of the final four games or to an NBA playoff game, to a Major League Baseball game, the new fast Major League games with a pitch count, an NHL game, or a concert or comedy show. Game Time has amazing last-minute deals on tickets to all of these. So if you're trying to go out and see your team make a playoff run in the upcoming two-month grind of the NBA playoffs, Game Time has you covered. If your favorite artist is coming to town and you need to get out and see them perform live, Game Time has you covered. They've taken amazing care of me in the past. I know they're going to take great care of you guys. You're going to get a good seat. You're going to know exactly what you're getting yourself into. You're going to get a good deal. I highly encourage you guys to check it out. So no matter where you live, get out and have some fun this week. Download the Game Time app, enter your email, and redeem code HOOPS for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, enter your email and code HOOPS, that's H-O-O-P-S, for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, Guaranteed. All right, let's talk some basketball. So this was a wild finish in this Wolves-Warriors game. The the Wolves took a nine-point lead or so there in the middle of the fourth quarter. And as has been a theme throughout this entire season, the Warriors, despite all of their personnel limitations and all of the things that have gone wrong, they've shown a great deal of fight. And I swear, I I don't have the numbers in front of me, but uh, uh, maybe one of you guys are crazy enough to do the digging, but I swear they've come back from eight, nine-point leads in the fourth quarter at least a dozen times this year. It's just a very, very recurring theme for them. They take on a, a, a hectic nature defensively and pushing in transition, and Stephen Clay and Jordan Poole all just kind of find a way to make enough shots, and somehow, some way, they always end up in these close games at the end. And, you know, what's interesting is they've been better as of late. Steph has just in the last week, closed out two games with outstanding execution down the stretch. Um, But it's been kind of a theme throughout this season that they've had some uncharacteristic execution mistakes. And you saw some of those mistakes come to the surface in this particular game. I want to focus on the end of the game here to start, and then we'll go into the middle portions of the game because I do think that the matchup problems that Minnesota presents to a lot of teams are super interesting and makes them super interesting as a play-in threat this year. So, first of all, the Warriors, uh, Jordan Poole ends up knocking down a corner three at 96-94 with just over a minute left to give the Warriors the lead, right? And Jordan does a little dance in front of the Wolves bench, runs back on defense. Gobert has this deep seal underneath the basket, and uh, Minnesota enters it to him. Draymond just kind of pulls him underneath the basket and fouls him. Rudy misses the first and makes the second, so it's 96-95 but there's only 29 seconds on the on the game clock or whatever so they dribble up the floor and 
they're kind of in this weird spot where like you probably should foul if you're Minnesota, but hey, maybe if you get a stop, you'll have three or four seconds to get down and, and, and get another shot. Minnesota opts not to foul. And I think Steph Curry kind of saw that coming because when he kind of dribbled into the lane there, he got up to the foul line, you were expecting him maybe to just hold on to the ball or dribble it out and wait for someone to foul him. But it became clear that Minnesota was holding on. So Steph makes that hook pass back out to Draymond. And I would imagine he's circling back out to try to get it back. But Draymond throws a quick swing pass to uh, Clay Thompson and Kyle Anderson, who we're going to spend a lot of time talking about today when we start diving into the Wolves, just sticks one of his super long arms out, deflects the ball. We end up in a chaotic transition possession where Carl Anthony Towns, who had a nightmare night shooting the basketball, but about two or three possessions earlier at the top of the key on a quick screening action against Draymond Green, got a decent look from the top of the key and made it. So he had just made a lead-changing three about a minute prior, and he stepped confidently into that three at the top of the key and knocked it down. And just like that, you go from in a position where if you hold on to the basketball, you have a chance to win, to suddenly you're now coming, uh, you're now trailing in the final seconds of the game. It's just a ridiculous uh, uh, turn of events. And, you know, uh, on the very next play, you have an opportunity to tie the game or to take the lead, and Jordan Poole's dribbling through the top of the key. And Steph is trying to shake Jaden McDaniels like he's been trying to shake him all night long. And he fakes a back cut and Jordan Poole throws it out of bounds. And so here's the thing. A lot of people were blaming Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole made a huge three in the left corner um, that ended up being what was there, what should have been the game-winning shot a few possessions prior. Draymond obviously did great work defensively throughout the game for the most part, right? And Steph Curry, he had a, a rough shooting night in this one, which is to be expected with Minnesota's perimeter defense. But the reality is, is all three guys, I thought were directly involved. Draymond obviously has to be more careful with the basketball. When you're playing against length, you have to use pass fakes. You cannot just throw the basketball around because there's arms everywhere. You've got to throw a pass fake in one direction to get the defender to lunge before you make those swing passes on the perimeter. Otherwise, you're running into some danger there. And on the back cut play, I saw a lot of people blaming Jordan Poole, but, and I do, here's the thing. I blame Jordan Poole and Steph Curry equally for that exchange. Here's why. Jordan Poole shouldn't have thrown the pass. No question. Why? Because Steph wasn't open. That's why you don't throw the pass. But on the Steph side of things, one of the most consistent messages I've heard from basketball coaches since I was a little kid, all the way through high school and through college, was never, ever fake a back cut unless it's part of the play because of that specific play right there. Whenever you fake a back cut or even make it look like you're about to back cut, they usually don't open up until, and they're usually only open for the briefest of seconds between the perimeter defender and whoever's in rim protection, right? So there's a very small window there. And a lot of times you're passing someone open. You're throwing as the offensive players, even with the defensive player, and he's catching up to the basketball, right? So, like, there's a very brief window there, and you should never fake a back cut unless it's part of a play. On the perimeter, V-cuts, they're not back cuts. You're walking into your defender, and you're kind of giving them a shove, and you're breaking open. There's no reason to necessarily fake a back cut, cut all the way through, 
or don't cut at all unless it's a part of the play. Not Steph's fault for the turnover. Jordan Poole shouldn't have thrown the pass, but Jordan threw it because he thought Steph was cutting. That's a consistent miscommunication you'll see on faked back cuts. So here's the reality of the situation. Despite all of the personnel limitations, despite playing well enough to beat the Wolves last night and to have a lead going into the final possession, you had three execution mistakes. Draymond Green throwing the bad pass, Steph Curry faking a back cut, Jordan Poole throwing the ball out of bounds. That's enough to lose you a game. And unfortunately, that's been a recurring theme this year, although they've been better in the recent weeks. And, and again, just like I've been telling Laker fans, like, yeah, it sucks that you played well enough to beat the Mavericks, and it sucks that you were up three or four with, you know, 35 seconds left with a chance to win the game, but and two mistakes from Anthony Davis cost you. But the reality is, is it doesn't change anything in the standings. Yeah, in the locker room, you might be like, we played well enough to beat the Mavericks tonight. In the locker room, you might be like, we played well enough to beat the Wolves tonight. But that doesn't mean anything in the standings. It still just counts as a loss. And unfortunately, they were in a really good position to avoid the play-in tournament. And now that's not as clear-cut. Now they're going to have to play near-perfect basketball down the stretch of the season to get out of that seven seed and to lock down that six seed. So it's a really unfortunate loss and a painful one. Um, that the Warriors are going to have to overcome. But I wanted to spend some time talking about the Minnesota Timberwolves. This has been one of my favorite teams that I've covered throughout this season. You know, this this show, we kind of focus on the top teams in the league, right? So we're going to see a lot of Bucks, Celtics, Sixers, a lot of Nuggets, a lot of Lakers, Clippers, Warriors. That You know, you guys know that's what we do. We cover the teams that I think have a real chance to win the championship. But when it comes to the lower echelon teams, I focus on teams that I genuinely like, that I think are going to be really interesting and impactful teams in the future of the NBA, right? That's why I've talked a lot of Knicks. That's why I've talked a lot of Minnesota Timberwolves. That's why I've talked a lot of Oklahoma City Thunder, right? That's th Those are the teams that I've been focusing on as I look at the next era of NBA basketball. And I've, I've talked a lot about how this interesting tandem of Jaden McDaniels and Anthony Edwards as perimeter defenders is a super interesting complement to Rudy Gobert. And, you know, I think you can actually couple Kyle Anderson in there now it's complicated because I talked a lot about Minnesota's future and them needing to upgrade that Mike Conley position and upgrade that Kyle Anderson position from the Mike Conley position, more from a size and athleticism uh, uh, piece. But on the Kyle Anderson piece, it's more offensive. Uh, they need more skill at that specific position because they get trapped into these half-court sets. And a big part of how the Warriors got back into this game is they got a ton of stops down the stretch because you just have too many non-shooting threats. Jaden McDaniels has had some success lately. He's had a couple 20-point games in the last week. He's doing a lot of work coming off of, of, of a dribble handoffs and curls to get into the lane. And he's got a really nice little 10-foot turnaround jump shot that he can make there in the lane and he's finding ways to score, and he's knocking down his corner threes, and he's doing all those things. But the reality is, is in a slow-down half-court environment against an elite defense, he's a below-average offensive player. Same for Kyle Anderson, same for Rudy Gobert. And so there's some limitations uh, with what you can do offensively. There's too much on the plate of guys like Mike Conley and Anthony Edwards and trying to fit Carl Towns into all of this as well. They need to upgrade some stuff there, but defensively, there's this insane foundation. Any lineup that includes Anthony Edwards, um, Kyle Anderson, Jaden McDaniels, and Rudy Gobert this year for the Timberwolves in, in 1,111 possessions is outscoring teams by 11 points per 100 possessions, which is outstanding. And most importantly, in the half court, they are holding teams to 90.9 .9 points 
per 100 possessions. As a point of reference, I told you guys that the Boston Celtics from last year in the postseason were the best half-court defense I've seen in this era. And they held teams in the playoffs last year to 88 points per 100 possessions in the half-court. That's in a more physical environment with more pressure, with a tougher whistle. So what Minnesota is doing defensively with that group is extremely impressive. But it's just kind of interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how they make this all work, right? Because Carl Towns brings that perimeter shooting and that offensive skill, and that's vitally important, as you saw, down the stretch of that game. But it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of piece together all of these lineups because I really like Kyle Anderson as this big, long forward that just gets a ton of deflections and can work downhill against smaller perimeter players and make little nifty hook shots and bank shots and and stuff in the lane. But you've got to kind of find a way to piece together a functional lineup there. You're going to need a lot of offensive skill out of that power forward position because of Gobert, right? So putting Kyle Anderson there limits you in your uh, your offensive skill. But if you slot guys up and you play Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels at the two with Kyle Anderson at the three with Carl Towns and Rudy Gobert, now you're too big not quick enough with your feet and you have nowhere near enough offensive skill. So it's going to be interesting to see how they pair this all up. And that's why when I talk about the Wolves in their future, I keep looking at the odd man out as Carl Towns. Because I think if you can get just a really, really skilled two-way player in that two-guard spot, and then you get Jaden McDaniels to take offensive leaps over the years, I think Kyle Anderson makes sense at that forward position. But Carl, Carl Towns, the two bigs thing, you're too slow with your feet. You can't run around in rotation. I just don't like how that all works. And when you plug him in there, you give up too much defensively. So they're, they're going to have some decisions to make in the future. But there's a really interesting core concept there, which is outstanding perimeter defenders. Anthony Edwards is more of like a bulldog point of attack guarding other guards. And then Jaden McDaniels, who's like this lanky wing who can has a ton of positional versatility defensively with a ridiculous rim protector behind them in Rudy Gobert. That all works. They're just going to have to figure out how to piece it together with the right combination of offensive skill and defensive versatility at that two-guard spot and at that four position. It's going to be interesting to see what they do over the years. And they are a, a, a legit threat. If they, there's a good chance they get that seven seed or the six seed. And for the Lakers sake, they better hope they get the six seed because that is a really tough matchup for them. Cause we know how the Lakers struggle with ball pressure guards, right? Whoever ends up, whoever ends up having to face Minnesota though, if they, if it ends up being in a play in game, especially if you have to go to Minnesota, it's going to be, that's going to be an extremely difficult game to win because of what they can do defensively, the way that translates to big games and then playing in front of their home crowd. For the sake of the uh, the Lakers and the Warriors, they better hope that that group gets into the sixth seed so they don't have to see him in the play-in. Um, all right, so w- one last note before we move on. Um, one of the things you saw in this game is just the reality of Golden State's personnel limitations. The only reason they had a chance to come back into this game was the fact that, once again, Minnesota can't score in the half court and things really, really slow down. But they got destroyed, once again, in all the physicality areas of the game. They were out-rebounded by the Wolves, 49-37. to They were uh, There was a 12-6 to gap in second chance points, which was literally the difference in the game. The Wolves scored 20 points in transition. They turned the Warriors over 16 uh, 16 times and turned those turnovers into 24 points. All of that athleticism was on display throughout the game. And like that's even with Gary Payton back, who I thought played a pretty solid game for his first game back. And you could see how he just kind of works in that Warriors system, which makes them a lot better. But I mean, here's the thing. Without Andrew Wiggins... 
they're just going to have a really hard time beating good teams. That's just a fact. And even when they've beaten good teams of late, it's been chaotic last-minute comebacks. They were down big in the fourth quarter to the Sixers. They found a way to come back and win. They were down big. They were down huge late to the Milwaukee Bucks. They found a way to come back and win. Without Andrew Wiggins, it's just so difficult. Steph has to be so good. Clay has to be so good. Jordan Poole has to be so good. And so at the end of the day, when we're evaluating this team before the playoffs, we're going to have to look at that Andrew Wiggins piece and see if that removes a championship ceiling from them. It's going to be, I'm not going to make a call on it until we get to middle April in terms of a prediction, but it, it definitely is a concern. Um, and I would imagine that most Warriors fans would agree with me. All right, before we call it a day, I just wanted to vent for a couple minutes about this Joel Embiid thing. So Joel Embiid does this interview for The Athletic today, where I believe it was with The Athletic, if I remember correctly where he basically vents about the inconsistency of the MVP criteria and awards criteria, just in general, venting about him not getting the respect that he deserves in this particular debate. And then on the same day, he announces that, uh, or the team announces that he's not going to play tonight in a game in Denver against the Nuggets with an opportunity to really put a final stamp on his MVP case. And... In a vacuum, I wouldn't think too much of it. Like, if it was clear that he was banged up, if they were, you know, uh, locked into any sort of seeding position, I would understand if they were like, hey, no reason really to go after this thing. But when you look at the situation, he just played a back-to-back. He just played in Golden State and Phoenix. Now, and James Harden didn't play in those games. So, they those were low probability to win games without James Harden. And he still played in them. James Harden is playing tonight in Denver. At least it's been reported that he's on track to return tonight in Denver. So here's why I'm confused. You were going into that game. You were a game back of Boston in the loss column, if I remember correctly, and Boston had the tiebreaker. So you were effectively two games back of Boston. And so you're going to be the three seed. That was just going to happen. Boston's playing like crazy because they're still, I think, within uh, vaguely within striking distance of Milwaukee and they have a chance to play them on Thursday. So you weren't going to pass Boston. And they were low probability games anyway because they were in Phoenix and in Golden State. So why in the world, the, the one thing he had to fight for down the stretch of the season was show us you're better than Jokic. Go get the MVP award. And I know he wants it. So it, it was really, really bizarre to see all of that buildup to this game and for and again, maybe it was the medical staff that that stepped in, but I don't buy that when he just played a back to back. If this was an injury management situation, why would he play two nights in a row? It just is genuinely confusing. And again, like I maybe maybe he looks at it like, okay, it's elevation, and it's going to be a really tough game to win. If we lose the game then suddenly Jokic becomes, gets that stamp of approval on his MVP case. But like, as a competitor, I don't understand that thought process. Like, yeah, 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 you stand to lose a lot by going into Denver and and losing. But you also stand to gain all the glory by going into Denver and winning. And that's what sports is all about. And I mean, I'm not going to get into it today, but there's this Kind of my, like, I was talking with a friend about this this morning, actually. But one of the things that I've seen uh, uh, just with the way that basketball players are brought up now in the AAU culture 
is a lot of times people are prioritizing things like, oh, I just got to get to that max contract. Oh, I just got to get to this particular financial goal or this particular personal goal. And I, and I, and I respect the importance of that. Like, got to go get your money, man. Like, you got to take care of your family. I get that. But the flip side of it is, like, where's that raw competitive energy? You know? Like, I I don't know about you guys, but I'm on the list of people who's such a fan of the game of basketball that I would play it for free. Like, if I could... I'm not an NBA player, but if I I could play for the Lakers for free, I would do it. That's how much I love the game. You know, and, and like, as a competitor, I, I think that it bothers me sometimes when I see guys losing sight of those battles and what they mean. Like, go into Denver and beat Jokic. And you know what? Maybe you lose. But maybe you go for 37, 13, and 8, and you go down swinging, and the world respects you more for it. And it just back, backing out entirely, I, I thought was a confusing decision. And who knows? Maybe he played in this back-to-back, and he messed up his calf. But like as a competitor, I would have understood it more if he said, hey, guys, not playing tonight in Phoenix. I want, I'm, I want to kick Jokic's ass on, on Monday. That's what matters to me. That's what we can get here down the stretch. I can send a message in that game. Let me sit out against the Suns. I, 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 just, was, I just was confused by the thought process. Last thing I'll say about it, I have been very impressed by Joel Embiid's fight throughout this last few months. So, like, I, I hate to color the entire situation by one decision, but, like, the Joel Embiid that I've been watching for the last couple of months would have wanted to play in this game. And so that that's why it's confusing to me. All right, guys, that is all I have for today. Um, we are taking uh, Tuesday and Wednesday off, but we're going twice on Thursday. So Thursday morning, we'll be going at covering Tuesday and Wednesday night's games. And then on Thursday night, we're breaking down that showdown live on AMP after the final buzzer of Celtics Bucks. As always, I appreciate you guys, and I will see you on Thursday morning. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. 
Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 